Indianapolis. Go drop in. It's the moment y'all been waiting for. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. Open lines with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. We are Indy's hip-hop station. Hot 100.9. And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I am Indy's Newsman on this Sunday, December 10th, 2023, almost the end of the year. And it's time to talk about what is happening in and around Indy on the show today. Greg Merriweather is a name who's been on this show before uh, as a mayoral candidate probably about this time last year, I think, when he first came to the show. Well, now he's back. And honestly, it's simply because I find him to be an interesting person. He has an opinion on just about everything. And sometimes I see his Facebook posts. He has his own TV show as well. And I'm like, I just want to have a conversation with Greg Merriweather just to see his point of view on things. Because I think his point of view is different most times than most people, which is why he's an interesting person who I think you will enjoy having a conversation with as we talk about what's happening in and around Indy in hot topics and in headlines for the full hour. And we talk to you at 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Unfortunately, as we have done here in the past couple of weeks, we'll start the show off this morning with breaking news. So there is breaking news this morning with an officer-involved shooting happening overnight, this time on the northwest side. IMPD says officers were in the 300 block of North Tibbs, that's 30th and Tibbs. According to IMPD, midnight officers received calls of vehicles driving recklessly at 28th and Lafayette. When officers arrived, they began to formulate a plan on how to stop the vehicles because a number of the vehicles were there. While officers were formulating a plan, one officer reported to dispatch that multiple shots had been fired in the area. Officers in fully marked cars attempted to make a traffic stop on an alleged suspect vehicle for criminal recklessness and reckless driving. But the vehicle refused to stop and a vehicle pursuit ensued. Officers pursued the vehicle, that is, to the 300 block of Lincoln Road. The suspect made a U-turn and police say intentionally rammed a marked IMPD patrol car head on to the side and onto the side of the officer's car. A second officer engaged the suspect vehicle leading to an officer involved shooting, but he did not hit the driver or the passenger of that vehicle. The suspect continued southbound at a high rate of speed, crashing into an uninvolved vehicle at the intersection of 30th and Tibbs, and that is where they came to a stop. Additional officers then took the driver and passenger of the suspect vehicle into custody without further incident. Officers gave aid to the driver of the uninvolved vehicle until EMS arrived. The uninvolved driver was released by medics at the scene. Both the driver and passenger of that suspect vehicle were taken to the hospital in stable condition from injuries from the crash. The two officers also received minor injuries and were taken to the hospital to be checked out. Police say multiple officers with body-worn camera vehicles were activated during that incident. The officer who fired his weapon is now on administrative leave, which is standard practice after an officer-involved shooting. The Civilian Majority Use of Force Board will now conduct a mandatory hearing as lethal use has been used against a person. This occurs 
after the conclusion of the criminal process. So, the very latest on an officer-involved shooting that happened just this morning uh, where shots were fired, but the suspects were not injured due to gunfire. They were injured from injuries they sustained in a crash with police. One other car involved, that driver is apparently okay, and the two officers with injuries from the crash as well. That's the very latest on headlines on what has happened here in Indianapolis, and that, my friends, is where we start with Greg Merriweather this morning to get his thoughts on the city that he wanted to lead as mayor and still, I'm sure, wants to lead in in a number of ways. So, Greg Merriweather, the man with many thoughts, is in our studio Good morning. Good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm wonderful, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. You know, like I said, you you just have a a point of view that I think is interesting. Um, and I think uh I just think you'd be a good person to talk to. So <laughs> thank you. So as we start this officer involved shooting today, as we were talking about the numbers before the show, mm-hmm. uh this officer involved shooting on the tenth day of December is the eighteenth officer involved shooting. Uh, since January 1st, and it is the 14th officer-involved shooting since August. So since August, so you have four prior to August, mm-hmm. and since August you've had 18. 18. Four, 14. 14. 14. Yeah. 14. Wow. Um, many of those resulted in injuries or fatalities or none mm-hmm. at all. But even with today's, it doesn't. Uh, while there is no injuries, officer fired his weapon, so it's an officer-involved shooting, number eighteen. What's your reaction? It'd be interesting, you know. I usually uh, get on a call um, when these happen, mm-hmm. and, and I'm involved with that. And we usually get the the gory details of whatever has transpired, mm-hmm. and or you know, kind of a skeletal skeletal view. Mm-hmm. But in this incident, I'm concerned because it's an incident where we didn't hear about the suspect having a weapon. Mm -hmm. We hear about them possibly weaponizing the vehicle, Mm -hmm. um, which I find interesting. So I'd love to hear the details of it because if if we can, you'll you'll definitely have to see the tapes of this, but I'm sure they'll have to take the approach of saying that the vehicle was being used as a weapon and and then you fired at, at the suspect. So I'm concerned with it mm-hmm. because you, you've had two incidents where people were actually shot in the back, mm-hmm. uh, running from law enforcement. And, and from my perspective, I w- I've always thought that that was not a means to shoot anyone. Mm-hmm. And so um, with the 14 that we've had, so, you know, from August to now you have 14. Um, when I look at that, I'm thinking like permitless carry to me has changed the scope of, of everyone, mm-hmm. not just people who are able to carry, but also law enforcement. As a citizen of Indianapolis, I'm almost under the belief that anybody is carrying currently. Correct, yeah. And so Might as well. I, I want IMPD to at least be honest enough to say, you know what, we don't know who has a gun, and, and, and this could possibly be an ongoing thing because we believe that with permitless carry, more people are carrying, and our officers are definitely in the place where uh, gunfire could possibly happen. Well, you were uh, messaging me the week we had Ken Dale on, and yeah. on that show, Ken Dale basically, um, it's not an exact quote, but he said similar to what you said, that we pretty much assume that now everybody has a gun. Yeah, I, I, I remember hearing that. I was very upset with, uh, you know, with Ken Dale's uh, statement mm-hmm. because he said if you don't obey law enforcement, you could possibly get shot. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, at the point of being professionals mm-hmm. and prof- professionals with weapons, but 
The other thing I want IMPD to do is have the mentality of even a suspect is a citizen. Mm -hmm. And we have to still deal with them in a certain way. There has to be a certain service attached to IMPD. Protect and serve still could be protecting and serving, Mm -hmm. even in a situation where it could be criminal. So you still have to make sure that whatever the proper thing is to protect that individual, protect yourself as well, mm-hmm. but serving them as well. So it's it's still, even if, even getting locked locked up is it's wild to think about it, mm-hmm. but even getting locked up is a service mm-hmm. because they still have to treat you in a humane way. So let me go back real quick to Kendall when, so you, because he said the same thing you said where, yeah. you know, we just pretty much have to assume that now with this permitless carry, everybody has a weapon. So you don't disagree with that because you no, said the same thing. I agree. Okay. But where you disagree is uh, disobeying an officer. You didn't like the statement that disobeying an officer could lead to you getting shot. I totally disagree with that. Yeah, because I think we have to have the level of professionalism that allows us to say we know how to deal with these situations. We're entrusting them. Mm -hmm. You know, we believe that law enforcement has the skills, has been trained a certain way. You go to police academy, you learn about using a weapon, discharging a weapon, the whole nine. I've been to the rock. And, and, and as the former strategic initiatives liaison with IMPD, I've seen it. I understand it. And I'm like, where's that level to say, OK, this doesn't I was on that police action shooting that mm-hmm. took place with the man with the machete. OK. And as they approached me, they said, how are we doing, Meriwether? I said, we're doing well. This looks right. I said, he obviously has some level of restraint so we don't have to put a bullet in him. OK. And they said, OK. And he still ended up losing his life. And I think that there were some things that could have taken place even in that situation that could prohibit him, that could have prohibited him from dying. So let's go back to this morning. And if you want to see the details on the officer involved shooting uh, that happened overnight today, go to fox59.com. It is the lead story at fox59.com, where, of course, you'll see me tomorrow morning, hopefully not out in the cold at 4 a.m. This officer involved shooting, again, an officer fired his weapon. the bullets did not strike anybody, uh, but the body camera video will give us the full picture. But it, it appears that the suspects would have been using their vehicle as a weapon by trying to, as they said, intentionally ram the officers in their clearly marked vehicle. So there's putting it out there that, hey, there's no way that they didn't know that this was a police officer. What is your reaction? Uh, because it, if you are using, I have been told, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you're you can if you ram somebody with a vehicle, you are using it as a weapon. Sure. I'd have to you know, that's a tough one because where they hit the car, you know, I know that, you know, possibly hitting a car from the side is probably more damaging than hitting from the front. And then we're also going to have to look at the speed of the vehicle. Mm -hmm. If the car is like trying to get out, you know how I've seen some situations where cars are like actually ramming cars, but they're bumping Mm -hmm. them to create space so that they can flee. Mm hmm. That's one thing, but to actually, you know, if I'm taking it and I'm taking it to the degree of running into the car to actually cause damage to the people in it, that's a whole different thing. Because in my mind, I'm like, they still left the scene after they did that, right? So it sounds as if they were just trying to create space between the vehicles to to con- continue the chase. Or well, we, we we don't know where what how we don't know how long the sure we don't know how long the ramming was happened. And let's to and and this is what I was telling people. Right now, let's take IMPD at their word. This sure. is uh, this. I think this was William Young giving the police briefing. And as we went through on the show, William Young was not there when it happened. Sure. William Young is reporting what he was told by the officers, the supervisor on scene. Sure. So, uh, so let's assume. And and Will's real good about that's and, my guy. He's he's good about using words intentionally. Absolutely. And he said that he 
rammed the vehicle. Not they hit the vehicle and they were trying to get away. He said they intentionally rammed the vehicle. So let's take that at its word. That's a problem. That is a problem. Absolutely. And at that point, I mean, it, I've, without seeing the video, it seems hard to justify. Um, it's, it would No, it would seem easy to justify saying, I felt my life was threatened because a person was trying to run me over with a car. Sure. I want to know if that if 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 there was anyone outside the car, I have a then that's a that's a problem too. Mm-hmm. Um and so again, those things have to be investigated. I, I listen, William Young is a good friend of mine and I and I listen to him and I think that, you know, whatever he's reporting, I take it at heart until I until I mm-hmm. investigate it. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that if you're using your car as a weapon, then that's a problem. I'm not sure if it's a, a thing to use with deadly force. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Well what do you do? What, you you versus a car. Me versus the car as an individual, mm-hmm. I'd use no, that. No, you, you, you <laughs> in the car. You as a car as an officer. What do you do? I, I mean, for me, I probably, you know, when I look at car chases, I probably would use whatever tactic it is outside of deadly force to stop the chase. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I saw, and, and it may be, maybe, and I'm just, I'm playing the advocate. Oh, no, sure. Maybe that officer tried to fire at the tires. Sure. Because he didn't hit anybody. Sure. So we don't know yet. I like that. Okay. I'll roll with that. Okay. Yeah. So maybe. So maybe. So I'll take that. Mm -hmm. I think whatever it took, as long as if he was not firing at the individuals, and from what I'm hearing, they're saying he's discharged his weapon. Mm -hmm. He did not. He clearly didn't hit anyone. Mm -hmm. So that may be that gray area that we're not seeing where he tried to basically stop the vehicle from being able to move. I'll take that all day. Okay. All day. All right. Let's go to the phones. 317-239-1009. 317-239-1009. This is just one of many topics we're going to talk about here this hour. Next, we're going to talk about uh, a story that I think I covered at least three out of the five days this week on Fox 59, which was teens or youth, quote unquote, with guns. Mm. Um, whether it have been the shooting at Lawrence North or the police chase on the Northwest, not the police chase, but the chase between the woman who sold a 16-year-old a gun and they crashed uh, off of Lafayette Road. Um, and, and then there was another police chase with, with teens one night this week. We'll talk about all that in a second. But uh, on this latest, the phones have been ringing, 317-239-1009. Let's start at the top. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Greetings, Cameron. How are you today? Good, Paul. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, greetings to your guests and everybody. I'm going to go real quick here. Uh, had a friend of mine that just passed away, guys, the uh, day before yesterday, a prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, I uh, just got done with my radiation uh, treatment for my prostate cancer in July of this year. I asked my doctor, what is the one thing that I can do to kind of give my uh, prostate a chance? He said to never eat red meat. So if you guys are eating red meat out there, I suggest you stop it if you if you want to have a healthy prostate. Uh, secondly, a couple of weeks ago, one of the Republican lawmakers, along with the governor, uh, had brought up the subject of, of people participating in voting. Other states have certain circumstances where they allow the actual people to vote and make this decision and that decision. He clearly pointed out that in the state of Indiana, the law says that you are allowed to vote for a party and that the party are the ones that are allowed to make the decisions. And when the law is changed, because there is a law that can be amended so that we can have more participation in voting, and until then, they will continue to make the decisions that they're making 
and and we don't have no recourse to make them do anything. And I'm only saying that because during this last mayoral campaign, everybody was talking about holding them accountable. Well, now you know because of the law, we have no right to hold them accountable, and the only thing we have a right to do is participating in picking the parties. So uh, love you guys. Uh, the decision, I want to say this last thing, you want your children to obey you. So why do we have to obey them? It's because they have ownership and power over us, and we have to stop them so that we can stop the killing of one another and have some type of quality of life. We're going to have to take another action in order to stop this government and what's going on with people being homeless, hungry, and all these different types of things. So that's all I wanted to say today. Thank right. you, guys. For Thank you, Paul. And y'all have a great day. All right, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? How you doing, Cameron? Good, and Larry. Good morning. Yeah, you know, Mary I can't believe what you and other people are saying about law enforcement, right? You don't have any uh, education or professional expertise about law enforcement, yet you come out every time somebody uh, disobeys police orders. And, you know, it's a declaratory judgment, uh, 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 Cameron. We are supposed to obey the laws of this state because we live within this state. He's coming out this morning telling people, that he, they can run from the police, they can uh, have a gun and be with the police, they can disobey the police, they can ram the police's car. He's coming out actually encouraging people to do that. It's a shame, Cameron, when you got race peddlers out there like him that are telling our kids the wrong message and uh, just taking it out there hard peddling, just like the concerned clergy talking about the woman at the museum. I, I found out that they had that she had not asked them to represent her in any fashion. They were making an unauthorized appearance, and uh, she should sue them for that because she had a contract to abide by, and she stepped down when she found she couldn't do the job. But in any case, uh, Meriwether is on there this morning doing just like so many race pimps, trying to permit more George Floyds to be created so that they can get one in a thousand where they can call a tech on. And, I mean, they go so far, uh, Cameron, even to have our kids wearing George Floyd T-shirts with a picture of George Floyd, an ugly goon that was hooked on fentanyl and was also died of fentanyl overdose. So, you know, uh, the Chauvin is being let out of jail now. All right, so, so Larry, so... So, Larry, let me let me wrap you up. So it sounds like you and your former Democratic mayoral nominee or candidate here, you two yeah, disagree. Right. <laughs> you two disagree on uh, on the the actions of the shooting this morning. So when I get the de- you heard the same details. Uh, I understand. So what would you think this morning? Are, are the officers does it sound justified to you? I mean, we just we just got a little detail, but it sounds like you and uh, Mr. Merriweather disagree quite a bit on that. You know, he's nothing but a pimp because he's trying to tell our kids, go out and ram a police car, and I'll come on to defend you. You don't even have, you don't even have to ask me to do it. I'll come out because I think I can have some conference or something and raise a little money on it and act like I'm a community servant. 
You know what? They need to eliminate all of this scan. These 501c3 uh, are just surfacing off of misfortune, and they're doing nothing about the problem. We need to realize the problem, uh, uh, Cameron, and stop living by lies and these poverty pimps stepping out all every right. time trying to create more George Floyd. All That's right, let all me they're doing. Let me let him respond. Thank you, Larry. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you, yours. Larry. I truly appreciate your candor. I would have loved to see a debate between the two. <laughs> you would have lost. <laughs> um, but, but what's funny is when you listen to this, one, I do not have a 501c3. I get up every single day and go to work. I've started my own businesses, and I run them thoroughly, mm-hmm. so I'm not a poverty pimp. Um, what I am Are you is, a race pimp? I am not a race pimp because when it's all said and done, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a person who, who cares about what's right. Mm-hmm. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to, one, I sat at the, let's go into my history. Mm-hmm. I sat at the right hand of Chief Roach as his top, as his top civilian at IMPD. I was a consultant with IMPD initially, and then I became an employee with the city that worked with IMPD when Shauna Majors came on as a director of crime prevention or mm-hmm. violence reduction. Mm-hmm. We worked hand in hand together. Mm-hmm. And so my history with IMPD has always been compliance. Mm-hmm. It's always been looking and saying what goes on with the citizens. If there was something going on in the community that I felt IMPD was wrong about, I went back to IMPD. If there was an issue where Chief Roach needed me to talk to the community about a situation, then I went to the community. And so there was never this thing of me saying, let's create another George Floyd. It's a situation that says, let's not create a Chauvin or a George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that we, we are operating within the confines of the law. Let's make sure that two people are safe. Mm-hmm. Let's make sure that he goes home to his family. He goes home to his, his family. If he's committed a crime, then he has to do what he has to do. He has to pay for that crime. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's like I will never condone a young man ch- getting chased by the police because one of the things I was going to say, even in this pursuit thing, mm-hmm. where are you going to run? Mm-hmm. I watched. The, I just saw a police uh, chase on the highway the other night, and I'm like, where are you going? And how do you think you're going to get away? Mm-hmm. It, whether it be by helicopter, whether it be by radio, them calling someone far ahead of you, just stop. Mm-hmm. Because right now you're committing more crimes, you're putting more people in danger, you're basically escalating the situation, and we always have to consider the human factor of being a law, a, a person who works in law enforcement as well. The frustration, the tiredness, all the things, the fear, all those things come into play as being an officer. I know this. So my job, as Greg Merriweather, is to protect all parties. If there's a crime committed, pay for the crime. Don't run, don't shoot, don't do any of those things. Law enforcement, let's adhere to the code of being law enforcement. Let's protect and let's serve. At the end of the day, if there's something, we've seen it in multiple cases with people who are not brown, where people who have guns have lived. Mm -hmm. So my my challenge is let's give the same type of service to black and brown people to make sure that if they're in a situation where they can live, that they live. I stand on that. And, And Larry, you would have lost that debate. We're on the air this morning with Greg Merriweather just talking about what's happening in Indy in Hot Topics and headlines this morning. Join our conversation, 317-239-1009, 317-239-1009, talking about what's happening in Indy because I just simply think, uh, you know, I used to do a segment called Someone You Should Know, and I would uh, qualify Greg Merriweather as someone you should know because I just think he's interesting. I think he has an interesting point of view as a business person, someone who's been on uh, one of the IMPD boards, uh, you know, Trying to do his part. Uh, And as you see, maybe not always in the way that everybody agrees with, which nothing 
you, you're never going to make everybody happy. But I think that I think you just come from you bring a different point of view to the table. Uh, so let's keep talking. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, good morning, Mr. Merriweather. Cameron, brother Motep. Good morning. Hey, Thank brother. My call. Bro. Appreciate your candor and honesty here. Um, as a student of all the greats from the Dr. Amos Wilson to Mayor Richard Gordon Hatcher, my mom, my dad, uh, Mayor Harold Washington, Mayor Sawyer, uh, Brother Steve Coakley out of Chicago, uh, Wallace Gator, mm-hmm. many others. It pains me. We continue to have these discussions, and we don't want to deal with the root causes of certain things. You've made a, you made a, a salient point there about non-black people mm-hmm. having weapons, jumping on police. Matter of fact, you just had a white woman in Carmel, uh, was it Carmel or Noblesville? She went into the police station, mm. shot at the police, and they didn't even shoot back. She lived. Um, mm-hmm. I talked with the lawyers yesterday, Attorney Milton Grimes, who was Rodney King's lawyer, Attorney Nathaniel Lee, of course, who was Michael Taylor's family's lawyer, Attorney Banks, who's the uh, National Bar Association president, knows my mother. My mother practiced law 50 years in Chicago, right downtown, Wacker. Mm-hmm. And I asked this question, because we talk all the time. The FBI report from 2006, 2010, 2012, 2015, 2016, Donald Trump ceased the reporting when he became president that cited the increase in uh, exorbitant amount of white supremacists and Ku Klux Klan and hate groups joining law enforcement. And what is being done about it, I've asked the chief on various shows, I've asked Deputy Chief Kendall Adams, what measures do they take to make sure that we don't have those people uh, implemented in our uh, police force? They really couldn't tell me. Chicago just passed an ordinance and a law a couple weeks ago, city council did, to outlaw any uh, police from being a part of these organizations. Now, you think about that. They had to pass an ordinance in the city of Chicago, that the police, that you could not, you are banned from being a party to organization because January 6th has shown us that a whole lot of law enforcement and military was at, was at January 6th. We're talk about law and order. Mm-hmm. They just convicted and uh, gave 12 years to a police chief from California who stood on ground about the stolen election in front of the judge and lambasted everyone and gave him 13 years. So we know this is a problem. And Indianapolis is not immune to it. And Milton Grimes and Attorney Lee, go back and listen to the show yesterday. Go to go on YouTube, pull up and tell and listen to it. And they know it's a problem. And Milton Grimes said he faces many judges he know who's he know they're racist. And he know it is. And we as black people, we don't have power. Dr. Amos Wilson, we need power to make our own laws, to create our own laws, to police ourselves, to police our communities. If we had the power to make and create our own organizations, our own laws, we could weather this. But instead, white males, 95% of Congress, 95% of the state houses, 95% of most of your other important officials, Senate, stuff like that, they have the power. So then you get this warped view from people like Larry who continue to blame the victims and yet don't see that there's an outlet here and we just can't find. We just can't. We, we can't do anything about it because, as Paul said, we don't have that power. Voting is only one-fourth 
of that pie. You have to have the other three-fourths, the money, mm-hmm. and then the influence and things like that to be able to really get control. Because what power does, it gives you the ability to control outcomes, and we don't have that. And until we get that, we're going to keep going around this circle. But deal with that, too. Deal with those FBI hey, no, tell, Let me get your thoughts on— I'm, I'm done. No, yeah, no, 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 don't, FBI don't hang reports. up, don't hang up. I'm not. Uh, I, I want to, because we got to go to a commercial break here, I want you to chime in on what you were tweeting me about this weekend, the uh, the two officers who were found not guilty on four charges, each mm. related to using excessive force during a protest in downtown Indy back in 2020. Uh, the officers on four of those uh, charges were found not guilty. The other two charges, which I believe were one each for uh, officer misconduct uh, there was no verdict on so what you tweeted me was so now that these officers have been legally cleared um they went through the court system jury decided late 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 friday into saturday morning it was probably actually really saturday morning uh that the officers would not be found guilty what you tweeted me was uh when they kill someone next time the blood will be on impd chief's hands and then i responded to you and i said uh, how would this be on the chief? He's not the jury, and the merit board will get to decide if they keep their jobs. And you said, that's right. Okay, thanks. So now it's on the merit board. So now that I got you here, what's your reaction to this? What, what, let me know. Let me ask you this. What do you want to see happen to these officers? If you're the chief or you're the merit board, what do you do? Because they've been found not guilty. Okay, let's, let's, let's look like this way. Brother Merriweather, yes, we sir. saw a standing still getting beat like dogs yeah we saw a video we got it on video of two women these are about the two women right they got the government from taxpayers right i think they got eight hundred some thousand maybe taxpayer dollars because they were standing there doing this curfew because the caveat is according to the reports is that they were justified because it was a curfew so they were justified okay we see two women getting the dog beat out of them by baton, standing there. Now, if me and Brother Merriweather are doing that, you think we get acquitted by this? I wonder what the jury composition is. I'm asking Thing Lee that, what the jury composition was. Because mm-hmm. I can guarantee you, no jury in the history of America has ever acquitted a black man standing there beating, or a black cop that's standing there beating two people. That's why I disagree with Kendall Adams the last time. The, ju- the people always give the deferment to the police. But we have a video watching them beat the crap out of two women standing there. And they're acquitted. I want you to tell me when you find regular citizens on video, go to trial and get acquitted from doing that to citizens. So that's why when he talked about, well, people always think we're guilty when we know we're not. The deference, according so to what the do you do? So what do you do? And, and so what do you do? Always give police the breaks first. They always, they always do it. So what they do you do? do and and for context, the both officers in this case are white. What do you do? You can you can answer this either as a citizen, as a as a make believe member of the merit board, or as the make believe chief in Cameron's universe. What pick a role? What do you do with these two officers? Because no matter what, they still ethic vibe. They're standing. People are not doing anything. So as a merit board, there's no way I can look at you and say, you dispensated your duties in a lawful manner when they're just standing there. So how would I want you? You're not holding up the ethical conduct of what protect and serve should be with Brother Mary where to just say it. So I would fire them. But make no mistake, those FBI reports are, are for factual, and they're for real. All right. And no one wants to deal with those. At least Chicago has tried to. We'll see if Indianapolis does, because I can tell you, shooting an unarmed man, with those details that came out about the unarmed man in the tree saying, I don't have anything, and then you still shoot him, and then you take the tree up 
and destroy it. Talking about you looking for the gun underneath the brush. Ah, it's a bunch of crap. All right. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, man. All right, Brother Merriweather, to you real quick before we go to a break. What sure. is your – what would you do? What's your reaction on these two officers who have been found not guilty as a member of a former board? Yeah. What would your recommendation would be? Um, my recommendation would have been termination. Um, and, and simply – but I would say this, not seeing the, the whole thing, mm-hmm. just that footage. From that footage, mm-hmm. I would have terminated them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I played a I played a pivotal role in the in the uh, the situation with the officer with the kid at Shortridge. Yeah, when he yeah. got punched, yeah, I, remember um, I remember working on that with Chief Roach to make that decision. But I definitely from that and pers- that officer was fired. That officer was fired. Yeah, and I pushed hard on that because I was like, he had you know, even though Chief Roach was reluctant to do it, I was like. What do you want to be remembered as, the person who brought change or the person who, who basically kept it as status quo? And, re- and refresh my memory, was he was the decision on him to fire before the criminal? It was It was his decision. To, the chief can make the recommendation. Right. And then it goes to that degree. So once they looked at everything, it pre- pretty much came became a criminal case. And, and from that perspective, he was terminated. But I can't remember. I remember I was working at Channel 6 when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I feel like Roach came out pretty quickly. He did, and was like, "Yo, this ain't cool." Yeah, we we met on a Friday. We met. We met on a. He met with some activists Thursday. Uh, he and I talked on a Friday. He reached out to me on a Saturday morning, uh, giving me his decision, and and then we proceeded from that perspective. So, so from my perspective, if I saw officers uh, doing that, you know, I definitely would, especially you know. Yeah, I don't want to put the put the gender in it, but it it just seemed quite excessive to me what they were doing to those young ladies. Mm-hmm. And I was just trying to look up uh, what did he receive, uh, officer? And this was just two years ago that mm-hmm. this finally wrapped up. Officer who hit short, short Ridge High School student in 2019, guilty of official misconduct. Sure. So there's there's another officer. Uh, what I just I couldn't remember if because um, a lot of times in these cases you. As the police department, you want to wait to make your decision on firing or keeping them mm-hmm. until after a decision is made with the criminal chart with the criminal trial because sure. you don't want to influence the jury because sure. if they hear you as a guy on the mayor board or a guy on the chief saying no this guy he did X Y and Z then yeah. they're gonna be like oh well they said it lock him up yeah so now and you've that, influenced and that's where people have the issue you know you hear about the FOP having mm-hmm. an issue with Ryan Mears and all those types of things because. If he sees something like that and he makes a decision to 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 pursue charges, mm-hmm. then I mean it's it's it becomes political. But at the same mm-hmm. time, if someone has the heart of looking at citizens, then they make those decisions. All right, three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine three one seven two three nine one zero zero nine. That's the number to call to get on the air this morning. We're taking a quick commercial break. Shavana, let's go pay these bills. And then we will be back with more conversation with you and Greg Merriweather. Next, we're going to talk about all of these teens, these kids with guns, two kids, two teens, 14, 15-year-old boys arrested after bringing guns inside of that North Central, Lawrence Central game where shots were fired. One of them had a semiotic weapon. The other one had a Glock with a Glock switch, 14. 15-year-old boys. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Open Lines on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC.
Between the Lines is Indy's favorite Sunday morning show. It's the show that brings you news about what's happening in Indy and around the world with Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle. It's the show where Indy comes to talk. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. And we're back here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 100.9, 317-239-1009, That's the number here at the radio station to get on the air. We're here with Greg Merriweather, former mayoral candidate and TV host, current TV host. We'll find out where his show is so you can check that out as well here in a moment. He's with us as we just talk about Headlines and hot topics of what is happening in Indianapolis. One of the things that I had to talk about too many times on Fox 59 this week uh, was youth, as they call them, or teens with guns. Uh, There was the case of an adult woman selling a 16-year-old boy a gun. The 16-year-old stole the gun from her, hopped off in his car, and she followed after him in that process they were shooting at each other from the cars the 16 year old crashes his car on lafayette road near 73rd street that was one incident uh gunfire was hit that 16 year old boy had uh a 17 year old and an 18 year old uh man and boy in the backseat of his car they were hit by that gunfire taken to the hospital in stable condition meanwhile Over on the other side of town this week, we also covered at Lawrence North in the Lawrence Central game. Uh, Shots were fired in the parking lot after that game uh, over some sort of fight. Uh, We know that one person inside was a 16-year-old boy. I'd have to check my my script on that one. Inside, there was a juvenile, let's say that, who was arrested for carrying a gun. It's still not clear to me yet if that boy inside who had a gun had anything to do with the shooting that happened outside. But what we do know Friday morning from the police report was that a 14-year-old and a 15-year-old were both arrested that night for having guns. Let me let me run that back. 14-year-old and 15-year-old boys who can't even drive yet have guns on them. One of them was a semi-automatic weapon. Can't remember which one it was. The other one had a Glock on them with a Glock switch. That just one, and there was another one where there was uh, teens involved in a police chase with guns and police one night this week. Greg Merriweather, we have been talking about, it seems like every Sunday morning, either some kind of shooting, whether it be a party involving kids or just something, but it's it's teenagers Mm -hmm. who are in high school or in eighth grade and middle school with guns. What do you you think when you hear that? You know, what I hear is sadness, um, and then I hear that the, the community, in some sense, has lost uh, control. Mm-hmm. We, we're not, we're not advocating for discipline anymore. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's almost as if we know these things yet we ignore these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents are no longer in the role of parenting, in a sense. Mm-hmm. It's like we justify things, we we coddle until. We coddle until it's criminal. Mm-hmm. And it's too late at that point. And then it's too late at that point, you know. And I had an interesting conversation with um, our Marion County prosecutor and something I did not know, that once you have, if you have a gun charge or you're, you're uh, charged with a violent crime, uh, robbery, anything of that nature, at 16, Indiana has a straight, like, no, there's no provision. At that point, at 16, you're getting tried as an adult. Mm. 
So you're going to prison. Mm-hmm. You're not. This is not a juvenile case anymore. Mm-hmm. So violent crime, gun charges, things of that nature that are that are attached to violence. Those people are being waived from juvenile court to adult court. There's nothing that can stop it. Mm-hmm. It's that is the law here in Indiana, and I didn't know that. And again, that's not a. Um, um uh, a Ryan Mears thing. No. A Marion County that's, thing. That's, that's a, a state that's of Indiana. That's a state of Indiana thing. And a lot of people don't know that. But here's the other thing. It's like, you know, there's there's the Glock switches. You know, I've talked to Chief, Chief Bailey about it. You've got that. You've got the one for uh, AR-15 or AK-47 that'll allow it to shoot 30 rounds in one second. Mm-hmm. And the other part of this is the criminal part of even the, the 3D printers. Mm-hmm. So now that's becoming a crime. Mm-hmm. So people who are who have the ability to learn something great are now being able to use that that great education mm-hmm. for a criminal organization or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I met with the public defenders, uh, someone from the public defender's office, we talked about this. It, I said, are these guys caring because they're involved or they're caring because of the environment that they live in? And most of these people are catching these cases because of fear based on the environment. And it's like we just have lost this control of our environment to where 14, 15s, and 16s feel the need to carry a gun, even if they're not involved. Because if I think about even like bullying, mm-hmm. it's like bullying has gone to the third degree now. Mm-hmm. So bullying could cost you your life. People are actually doing things that are that criminal with kids. You know, you had Kip that had the two yep. guns that were found in yep. the lockers. Then you had the young man who was killed in the parking lot in, at Kip mm-hmm. in front of his mm-hmm. mother. And you say, what the heck has happened to our kids? And it's like, for the life of me, man, you know, I see situations where people allow their kids. You know, I grew up where kids couldn't sit in the room with adults. Right, right. That no longer happens. Mm-hmm. I said we had a dignity about things when we, we couldn't listen to certain things in my in my mm-hmm. parents' house when you heard the cussing and rap and all that. Now they let get alone, in the car. Let alone cuss in front of an exactly. adult. Exactly. So all these factors, now that parents overlook this, they now overlook these things and think that you're not creating a mindset. And they're creating a mindset that is becoming dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because one thing I do know, I know that I did not cuss in my parents' house when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But by the time I got to the high school, that was the environment. Mm-hmm. So I might have done that in the school. At school. At school. But I tightened up when I got mm-hmm. home because there was a discipline attached to that. And you knew if a teacher was walking by, hey, hey, hey. And I've been in the schools, Cameron. Here's the other part. Teachers stand there and say nothing. I'm I'm not gonna say what school it was, but I took a field trip for a school. Sure. Um, recently, about a week ago, and we gonna go to the phones because phones are ringing. Um, the boy got on the bus. So I was taking him on a field trip. They were going to a school to a uh, college, sure. so it was great. Like, yeah, show him show him what college is like. He got on the bus. He was mad about something, cussing. MF this, F y'all, blankety blank, 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 blank. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm sitting there like, okay, well, hello. <laughs> this is what we're condoning. Because at this point, I'm the stranger. I'm just a driver. And you got two other teachers on the bus, two males, one white man, one black man. And at one point, him and another girl were, like, fighting, like, more, like, just like, I'm, and I'm driving like, um... Is anybody going to say anything? Right. Because if I say anything, it's like, well, who are you? Right. The person who I'm with ain't saying, so shut up and drive. So in that case, I didn't say anything. But I'm just like, you know, but in situations where I have control over the kids, because that same week I had another boy, different school, got on the bus cussing, uh, 
just blah 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 blah. He's talking to his friends, but I'm like, um, bro, bro, tighten up. We're not not in here. Like, I get it, but you got to have some respect for adults in the room. Like, yeah. need you tighten it's that gone. up. It's gone. And and people will and adults will battle you about it. Mm-hmm. And it's don't it's, talk. It's, tell it's, my kid what to do. Facts. And then, and then by the time they want someone like me to come and advocate for that young man, I've mm-hmm. walked in courtrooms, I've walked in schools to get boys and young people who were expelled back in school. Some of the cases, they were wrong. Some of mm-hmm. those cases, the kids still turned out and did some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. but I did my part to help them get mm-hmm. back in school. But when I look at this, man, there is such a communal responsibility mm-hmm. to make sure that we are putting out viable citizens it's like we got to do something different, and it's time to tighten up. Let's go to the phones. I was really curious on what you would say about uh, teenagers because there's, I mean, there's just a lot of different schools of thought on, no, let let, let the kids be kids, or we still got to have some order. I tell the kids all the time, no, we will have some order in here. I don't know what y'all used to, but y'all going to have some order when you walk through my Let's doors. Let's raise my kids to live to be adults. Let's go to the phones, 317-239-1009. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, my name is Aisha from Indianapolis. Aisha, good morning. Hey, so I've been sitting on hold and I've been listening and I've been wanting to say something, but I believe that outside of the shootings of the police, the guns and everything, you guys like really touched on what I was going to say, but this thing starts at home. It starts at home. The parents have to be able to have not so much discipline but communication an understanding a bond with their child to see why do you feel it's necessary to have a gun what or don't keep it a secret from me that you have a gun so i can tell you what guns really do because a lot of these kids are just mimicking what they see on tv they just think that it's a cool thing they just think because of the songs because of the music you know and us parents we have the ultimate say so um no matter what our background is so I also see the blame of oh well most of these um, kids don't have fathers at home or they they come from single parent homes and stuff like that and a lot of that is a lot of the issues however as the single parent whether you are the single mother or the single father your responsibility is to teach your child how to go out and not so much be a citizen but just be a human and the thing about it is what you put out is what you get back so if you go out here with a gun eventually you're going to have to use it now what side of the fence you're going to be on are you going to be dead or are you going to be in jail we don't know that part but that's the bottom line if parents instill that in their children then they would they would be able to be comforted to not have to have guns or to be honest about it so it's so many of the youth like 13, 14, now I'm not speaking on this situation specifically because I don't know about it, but at the age of 13 and 14 years old, there's no way that a child could feel like they need a gun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are you going? Where are you going that you feel that way? Right. I remember that shooting at that um, Halloween party, Mm -hmm. okay? I remember all those youth. Now, I have one son, but I also have teenagers, my niece and my godson. So they all were going to this party on Halloween. And something in my inside said, right when they were getting dressed and stuff, and I said, "Uh, I think this is enough. Mm. And my son looked at me. He's like, why? I'm like, I don't know. It's just just mommy mode kicking in, and I'm telling you it's enough. 
I called my niece and I told her it's a no. Called my godson and I said it's a no. Mm. And I honestly told him, I said, I don't know why, but I have a mother's intuition. I have a parent's intuition. Y'all are not going, oh, well, just be mad at me. And I meant that. And did they and, come and home? I got a little attitude. I got a little backlash. Of, oh, well, now I don't know what we are going to do. And, you know, I got all <laughs> that, but I was willing to take that. But in the morning, when mm. that news broadcast came out, yeah. I got some thank you text too, though. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got some understanding with that, too, because I'm not scared to be a mother. You know? Preach. Oh, well, if you mad at me. Oh, well, if, if it's a little bit of tension. Oh, well, because I'm here to save your life. I'm not here to be your friend. And so that's what I believe. And I do think it is definitely a race thing. But furthermore, beyond all of that, we are all human beings, and we all have to be understanding where. I kind of almost heard. Um, him say, well, what if, if somebody was trying to ram you with a car, even if you weren't an officer? If you're not an officer, you're a regular human being, and somebody is intentionally trying to ram you, I think if you had a firearm, you would shoot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the difference between the officers and a regular just everyday citizen is that the officers are trained that this may happen to you. But we do have to allow the facts of they are still human beings. Correct. Aisha, thank you so much for calling in and staying on hold for us because I'm glad we got to hear from you, a mother. And I just want to say as a person who works with other people's children, thank you for disciplining your own children. Agreed. Thank yes, you. <laughs> thank yes, you so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Let me get another caller to him before we got to wrap up. I'm so glad to hear from her because, man, sometimes I'm driving that bus and I'm like, driving is not the hard part. <laughs> right. It is these kids and and she mentioned race and i'm telling you i drive every race of kids and it is white kids it is black kids and i drive a lot of asian kids and some of even them are off the hook sure so it's a it's a it's pretty much it's a generational thing at this point let me get a caller on line two good morning who's this hey cameron real quick Uh, 15 you already been on 15 debate with merriweather or be on his tv program so I could bring some heat to him and show him where he's going wrong. Okay. He, he's writing that down. <laughs> Thank you, Larry. You to get in contact me. Look at my Facebook page. All I'll right. debate you anytime. All right. Let me get one more in. Thank you, Larry. All right. Maybe we'll have that here on the show. Caller on line three. You'll be our last caller this morning. Who's this? That's great because I can take about 15 seconds. Um, I, real quick, guys. I don't know if a lot of you guys may not remember this or not, but back in the 70s, they had took the discipline or corporal punishment out of the homes and turned our children over to the juvenile system. So a child could call on their parents if they whooped them or did any type of things, and then they would lock their parents up. So we talked about root cause earlier. We have to look at the system and how it designed us to stop us from disciplining our children because I'm 63 years old. So I hear I you. I, I, so, hear, I, I hear you on that, man, but that's, I mean, you can't even get a parent. You're talking about whooping a kid, as we call it. Uh, yeah. you, you know, bringing out the belt. There ain't no belts even coming out. No. I'm talking about parents. You cannot. I got into it with a parent a couple years ago because I told him to have the kids need to be at the bus stop when the bus pulls up because there's 50 kids get on here and y'all are running around the parking lot. Y'all talking to people at cars. I said, I need you here right. because we got to go. I need you here at this bus stop. If you're not here, that means I can pull off. Don't be calling and saying, come back. The bus didn't stop. Nothing like that. I need you here. I'm asking you to do one thing. Stand right here. She told me, you don't tell my kids what to do. There it is. Yeah, but- 
so so, so why she wait a minute so why as a parent that she didn't care she was more looking towards you trying to uh, uh, uh get some kind of order and discipline so that y'all can have your schedule straight what made that woman as a parent not care or listen to reasonable instruction that's what i'm that's what we trying to figure out that's what we're trying to figure out because you're talking about a belt i'm saying she's not thinking about pulling out no belt that's not even an issue right, right. now right. she's mad at me because i said we gots to go that's real and hey y'all have a great day thank, thank you man brother. thank you man and you know i'm one of the most reasonable people i think you know <laughs> when we get to that point where i'm like if you're not here i'm leaving you that means i've been sitting every day that's real. waiting for you coming back because you chasing down the bus and because one day i saw him they was just in the parking lot she was walking with them stopping and talking to some car the kids standing with her so i was also telling her ma'am we have to go because other people are waiting for me to pick up their kids so they can go to work so while you over here talking so my point is to his point like yeah whoopings and belts like i don't even know the parents are doing that anymore Nah, not at all nah you can see it you, you can clearly see it because, I mean, we, we can't even get words out to follow simple instruction without, you know, that teacher doing this. And now, now don't get me wrong. There are some people who are not all who are not in the right, whether it be teachers or bus drivers or coaches or whatever. But a lot of it is just simply, ma'am, there are rules. Yeah. Mr. Jones, there are rules we got to follow. And your son or daughter needs to do X, Y, and Z. Well, they think, well, ain't that your job? No. No, 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 no. But you're rare. I mean, if you think about it, it's like most black men are acting out because they never see disciplined black men. Mm -hmm. And then when you think 2% of your, 2% mm -hmm. of teachers in America are black men, mm -hmm. just 2% mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. So they don't even walk in those areas of discipline to see us mentoring, guiding, mm -hmm. or leading. Most of our programs today are from our people who are coming home, returning citizens who are now running programs trying to instill discipline in which they never had. Mm -hmm. So we need more people to be preventative. We need more people on the prevention side to say, you know what, as a black man, let me help you show you the way. But there's a system in play even for that to not allow viable black men to be involved in the lives of young black men. We could talk about this uh, for a whole whole another hour because you know sometimes I you know, um, you know you want to treat all the all the kids the same, but you know um, what you were just mentioning with having uh, a black role model. I get told all the time, you know, uh, how valuable what I do is and yeah. what what the kids think, and and sometimes I even feel um, an obligation when I see. Um, one of the black students really acting out because I'm like, while you're doing the same thing as the Asian kid that you're sitting next to, you're the one that's going to be memorable. That's real. So know some, who you are. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and you, you could be doing the exact same thing, but it's like, if I don't tell you, like if something happens and nobody ever said something, then I feel like I wish I would have told him X, Y, and Z. I say it all the time. It'd be it'd be a travesty for me to have the map and not give you direction. Right. And I feel that. I'm with you. Yeah. So I sometimes I almost feel an obligation because sometimes, like in, in any school person or bus drivers listening, sometimes it's like, I'm just about to drive this bus <laughs> as fast as legally possible and get y'all home and deal with y'all parents. But then sometimes it's like, 
man, I, w- I just want, I need to pull him to the side and be like, dog, what are you doing? That's real. I agree. Where's your TV show so we can keep So watching? I'm on uh, TV uh, 40, me and Shauna Majors coming mm-hmm. back together, you know, after working in the city. Um, we have a television show on WHMB uh, HMB TV 40 that comes on every Friday at 8 o'clock called Laying It on the Line. And please check out Utopia Black. I have a book also, so just a great book. I think it's a blueprint for us moving forward. So Utopia Black, find it on Amazon. All right. Greg Merriweather, I always appreciate your point of view. Thank you, brother. Coming to talk with us, those phone lines are still ringing, so we'll be back same time next Sunday, our last show of the year. Uh, It's now 9.04. It was 8.59 a second ago. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) My bad, y'all. We'll be back with more show. I'll see you tomorrow starting at 5 a.m. on CBS 4 and at 4 a.m. on Fox 59. Pray that I'm inside somewhere where it's warm. (laughs) So, please, uh, no crime today. Cameron, ask you nicely. We'll see y'all next Sunday back here live at 8.